Welcome to Jewish Boy Calls His Mother. I'm your host, Sadia, and this is my mother, Ima. Hey, Ima. Hey, my sweetness. How's okay. my big boy? I'm good. Um, I feel like we should talk about this just because it's something that, like, we're we're both it's both very like close to us. Um, people who follow the show know that we are Chabad. And I feel like if we don't say anything, it just kind of brushes over what's going on. Um, it's very frustrating because like the truth is very simple. And there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there assuming all disgusting, nefarious ideology. And what's frustrating is that, you know, if you're in the community, if you're aware of what's been going on for the past 30 years, it's it's something that like isn't a surprise. It's an inevitable that was bound to happen. And what we're talking about is the um, the tunnel, so to speak, and the breach of the wall in 770. Now, I I kind of agree with these Sfatis and Frenchies on some level. Because what happened was the Rebbe wanted to expand 770. In the Mm -hmm. 90s, he was talking and planning on expanding it. When he passed away, there were two different factions of Lubavitch that were trying to take over and be in charge. And they were planning on doing this expansion for the past 30 years, dragging their feet. And they had this expansion idea that came out maybe last year or two years ago about expanding 770. And they had this whole idea. But what happened was, was these, these Bachram were, have real complaints. There's no real livable quarters. People are sleeping, you know, all over 770 because there's no place to, to actually live in, so to speak. You have... All the Yom Taifim, Chabad, Hasidic, and regular Jewish holidays, where thousands of people flock to 770, there's three and a half thousand shluchim that come up with their families like once a year to do the shluchis convention. And they can't even house them, you know, in 770. It's, it's so tiny. So there needs to be an expansion, and they've been dragging their feet for 30 years. So also in Chabad, there's a, a major focus on just get up and go and, 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 and make it happen. Do something about it. You complain, do something. And they did something. Was it legal? No. <laughs> um, did it cause structural damage? No. Surprisingly, they didn't. What? You're uh, kidding me. Yeah, that's what I posted wow. earlier today. Because that's what they were afraid of. That's, no, like, that's it, why caused... the police uh, blocked it off because they were afraid that there was actual structural damage. Yeah, they did not. They they <laughs> apparently they had like contractors and like engineers help them figure out what's going on, but they just didn't do it through a permit and through the conventional ways because it was causing too much red tape and they just needed to go. And I was even explaining this to um, a a relative of Ruthie's um, because, you know, I just came back from their, um, her father's uh, wedding and they were asking me, they went up to me. They're like, what's going on? What's the deal? And as I was talking, a few things came to light. I realized because if you look at some of the videos, they're being arrested. And as they're being arrested, they're singing the Gunim. Mm-hmm. In Labavage, if you think about it, 
getting arrested and thrown into prison and then being released <laughs> isn't necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> so they think they're doing the right thing. They think kind they're- Kind of a badge of honor. Like exactly. more, martyrdom. <laughs> exactly. Not, not even martyrdom. It's a badge of yeah. honor. Because yeah. in, in Chabad, it's martyrdom's a little different. It's not, that's not really something they <laughs> focus on. They focus on positivity. Um, so it's just like, they're doing all these things that in some way I kind of agree with. Like you have to quit the fussing around, quit the, you know, like quit jerry-rigging all this stuff, quit trying to go ahead and, and push off this inevitable. And finally everything, it just burst, you know, the, 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 the so dam said, burst. So now these boys that yeah. dug this tunnel and went through the wall, they weren't doing it on their own, that they actually had an actual contractor and engineer that was working with them. I, look, I, I can't I can't speak for anyone. This is what I'm hearing on this is what I'm hearing online. Um this is what I'm hearing from different people. I don't want to go ahead and start saying something and then this goes viral okay. and before you know it, everyone's claiming something or another. But mm -hmm. from what I understand and what I hear, they they got yeah. people like on some some professional level to assist in in getting this stuff done. And the the problem is, unfortunately, in this climate and it, these anti-Semites, the stuff that come out of their mouths, I had this whole argument with this guy who I thought was a level-headed guy. He's Jewish, he's atheist, whatever, but like he, he's level-headed. And he's like asking everybody all over Facebook. I'm seeing him ask all my friends, like, what's going on at 770? What's the big deal at 770? What's happening at 770? And people are telling him that what's going on is like, this is what's happening. They're trying to expand. They didn't want to expand. They're, therefore, you know, the, the yeshiva Bachram decided to just go ahead and expand. And he's like, it's not, it sounds fishy. This is ridiculous. I don't know what's going on. Oh, what's happening at 770? And finally, I called him on his BS. And then he like backtracked. He's like, well, I just wanted an explanation. You know, no one was giving me an explanation. I'm like, <laughs> I called him again. I'm like, no, they weren't. I saw you all over Facebook asking all these different people like what's going on? They give you the answer. You're not listening to them. You're thinking of some nefarious reason or ideology because somehow you got sucked into some edgelord Reddit poster who thinks that they're the ones that's going to prove everything. You're you're turning into some conspiracy theory nut. Like, and that's that's where I get really frustrated when it comes to these conspiracy theory mm -hmm. idiots. It well, really gets under my skin. What? What you said? Like, let's put it this way: that. To do what these guys did without the proper authorities, without the, you know, without the, I gotta say that, you know, no matter how good your intentions are, the minute you lay hands on someone else's property, you, you, let's put it this way, you might be 100% right, but the minute you lay hands on someone else's property without their permission that makes you 103% wrong. No yep. matter how good your intentions, no matter how 100% right you might be. And quite honestly, I found that out the hard way. You want to tell a story about that? Mm, sad. I feel very, I still th I, I'm still very sad when I think about it, that I did the wrong, my intentions were good, but I did the wrong thing. My sister gave me a coat a very fine coat that my mother had that um, if you wanted to, me to take it to a cleaner's, have it clean. I took it to the cleaners and the cleaners, um, what happened was they 
they refused to clean it. They checked it for shotness. They said the whole coat was full of shotness. Oh, wow. So you threw it out. Yes. That's what they these, these people at the cleaners were, you know, I said, you ought to throw this coat out. It's full of shotness. And me, you know, I had to, I, I did you the wrong thing. I, I, I know. And what I should have done was I should have given it back to my sister, explained it's full of shotness and just let her take it from there, whatever she wanted to do. And that's, and that's what I did. That was, that was wrong. Even though my, I was trying to go according to Halakha, my mother shouldn't be wearing good. It's got shotness. And um, it was wrong of me. It really was. And I admit it. And um, I, I know I would advise anybody else, no matter how good your intentions are, you might be 100% right, but the minute you lay hands on someone else's property without their permission, that makes you 103% wrong. And that's that's where these guys were wrong. And maybe like these crazy ideas that people are coming up with now, that, like this guy who's got these crazy ideas now, that's where it came from. It came from the fact that these kids did something absolutely illegal. And so now all these crazy, you know, people are getting all these crazy ideas because, yeah. they, because they did something that was illegal. Even it's, though they meant well, but um, like I said, the road to hell is paved, is paved with good intentions, you know, the old last thing. Yeah. yeah. It's I like if, someone, if someone's eating trafe, a Jew is eating trafe, you can tell them, hey, that's trafe and you really shouldn't be eating it. But you have no right to go into their kitchen and take it out and um, throw it out. I mean, honestly, there's there's some some halachas that that say that you shouldn't even tell them anything if they're not if you know they're not going to listen. If you know they're not going to listen to the halacha, you don't say anything. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, because because then it, then it makes them like now they have a lob now they they have to listen to you and then lob yeah. like and 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 more more so than that they like initially won't wouldn't want to listen to you and then do the wrong thing out of spite and you're mm-hmm. initially now creating a bigger halakhic problem than anything else. Right. I've heard that. that. And yes, it, you you were talking about when you were younger and that like your zealotness. And I think that's really what I think we maybe could talk about of just the zealousness in our experiences mm-hmm. um, and the pros and cons of it. Because, you know, growing up with, with Balchuva parents, it, it you definitely felt the zealousness. You definitely felt it because mm-hmm. there's a level to it where for your parents, this is something new. This is something you're passionate about. This is something they feel right about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, you're just thinking of like you don't know any know anything else, but you're a little confused because you know your grandparents and your at my time, you know my grandparents on both sides and my aunts on both sides, they obviously weren't religious, and there are all these weird subtleties that I'm picking up as a kid in a way of like you know just ants saying comments mentioning little things here and there and then <laughs> my parents getting very defensive and angry about it and i'm just very confused because i don't know what's going on like you know i think we've talked in the podcast earlier about like when we were watching fiddler on the roof with your father at the nursing home and then there's that scene where they're all dancing mixed dancing uh-huh. and like your 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 sister said some comment like like yeah, that's what me like just something something like not not that nefarious, but like just something something some jab. And I saw you get very upset 
I don't, I don't, I'll tell you the truth, I don't remember the comment. I mean, do you remember what she said? I, I forgot. I, I don't think, remember. I, I don't, I don't know everything verbatim, but it was something along the lines of like, like they don't need like rules to to enjoy themselves. See, they they're they're they get to dance. You know, but do you know what one of your like sisters that. noticed about that scene? That wasn't a sister. That was me actually, and I told was that you? to you. Oh, you! Oh, about the yeah. drama. Yeah, it's okay. Right. I'm a middle oh, child. No one notices. You. I gotta yeah, give credit credit to do. Yeah, that was me. Happened when they were like, when they were happened dancing, right yeah. right when they had mixed dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting, the, interesting, <laughs> interesting that that happens like that. But the point the point is is that the point we're trying to make here is that like yeah. Zealots always have good intentions, and I remember as a kid they talk about the the beauty of a zealot, the you know beauty of uh, like a uh, Pinchas. They talk about Pinchas a lot, and Elio Navi, and all these Pinchas people. were to do that in this day and age. Yeah, right. Oh for, God, for, he'd for be those, arrested in charge of first degree murder. For our listeners who don't really listen, uh, don't really read the Bible and read the Old Testament, read the Chumash, uh, read the Torah. Uh, there's a cute little story I think in Vayikra is Pinchas. Um, it's not cute, man. It's horrible. it's a beautiful story. It's a story about it's a, horrible, a coming horrible, of age. No, essentially, the the Jewish people are being attacked by Amron or Moab. No, it was um the Midianite. What happened was oh Midianim. Yeah, that's what it was. It was the Midianim. Midianim, and they did what happened was Bilam was hired by Balak, who um uh was the king of Midian, and. Bilam was hired to curse the Jews. Instead of cursing them, he winds up blessing them because he tells Balak that he cannot say anything that God does not put in his mouth. That God's, God puts things in his mouth to say. And God put it in Bilam's mouth to instead of cursing the Jews, he blessed them. So Balak was furious. And he finally, after three times of this happening, he basically fires Bilam. And Bilaam says, okay, I'm going to go back to my land, but I'm going to give you some advice. If you really want to destroy the Jewish people, get your young girls, parade your pretty young girls in front of the men and get them to sin with them. The God of Israel hates, you know, sexual um, um, misconduct. Misconduct. Good. Yeah, right. And um, so, ba- so Balak did that. He had, and he had his daughter, his the, not just any daughter. This is the daughter who was the crown princess. princess. Yeah, the crown princess is the one that you save to have her marry some prince that you're making a peace treaty with. Like this is the number one daughter, and instead, Balak was so anxious to destroy the Jewish people, he sold his daughter Cosby was her name and prostitution to share. I think it was um, to the head of the tribe of Shimon. I think his name was, believe it or not, something similar to the word Shlemiel in Yiddish. It was very similar to that word. And he took her to Moshe and he said to Moshe, well, is she permitted to me or forbidden? And it wasn't that he was just in love with her and they were going to have a private, you know, tryst. He wanted to purposely parade what he was doing in front of the Jewish people, like a, like an in-your-face type thing. And he took her to Moshe. He says that she permitted to me or forbidden. Moshe said forbidden. So he said to Moshe, see, Moshe's wife, Zipporah, um, the Jewish people had were not a nation yet. So um, she originally, her father originally was Yisro, who originally was a um, an adulterous 
priest who instead gave up his adulterous adulterous ways and took on monotheism, which got everybody and which totally got him ostracized by the idol worshiping community. Mm-hmm. So Moshe, you know, there's a whole thing Moshe marries his daughter. So the head of the tribe of um, Shemin, Shemil, whatever, says to Moshe, wait a minute, go, um, you mean like you and your wife? Wasn't didn't you take didn't you take a non-Jewish woman as your wife? Which, you know, of course didn't was totally did not make sense because like the terror had not begun yet. The Jewish people really weren't a concrete recognized nation yet. And then he took Cosby to his tent in front of everybody in Israel, and everyone knew what they were gonna do. He purposely wanted everyone to see them going into the tent together. So Moshe doesn't know what to do. Aaron doesn't know what to do. Pinchas, his grandson, runs over to him and says, this is a disgrace. He says, shouldn't this man, shouldn't this man be um, executed, be killed? And Moshe said, well, he who interprets the halacha should carry it out. So Pinchas took a spear and he uh, was a spear that was long enough that he could do this from the outside of the tent. And when I taught Hebrew school, I used to say, and he took that spear and wham, rammed it right through the two of them, like two pieces of meat on a shish kebab. <laughs> and according to the Madrash, he, they were still alive when they were both stuck. They were both in the spear together. He picked up their bodies and he took their bodies out of the tent on the spear. And they're... Let's put the part of their bodies. I can't get into too much detail, but the part of the bodies where they were committing the sin were totally turned inside out and exposed, so mm. all of Israel would see exactly what they were doing. And then he threw them. So that's the point of their perspective: is that there was a Shila, the two big rabbanim did not know what they were doing. They've been arguing for thirty years, not just for a moment. And then finally, these Bachim are like, okay, let's just do something. If it's illegal, it's illegal. Let's do something. But they're then, not on the level of Pinchas. In their mind, <laughs> in their sorry. mind, I, look, in their mind, that's how they see it, you know? Well, they see it wrong, too bad. And 50 years from now, when they're um, older, middle-aged men, they will look back and realize, oh, did we goof up? I don't know. Let's see what happens. You know, let's just let's just, you know, wait and see. Um, well, but... my coworker, who's not Jewish, um, said something which made a lot of sense. She said the parents of those boys now oh. should have to pay for the repairs. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's look, look, there has to be repercussions. Um, I just I think we should start moving forward. I think if they. They block it off and then still go back to debating in another three, 30 more years. Nothing happens. It's just going to be a waste of an opportunity. Yeah, the thing is, so it, it, it's up to some very wealthy Gavir to approach them and say, listen, I'm here. I'm, I'm, you know, with your permission, I would like to take this project over and make it like, you know, someone who's on the order of an Elon Musk, maybe, you know, you know, someone on that order to step up and say, listen, you know, I would like to hire an engineer and a and an and a and an architect, and we're going to we're going to do this. But yeah. it's not to a bunch of kids to. I mean, you know, they have 
they had this like website talking about expansion, but you know, I think it's just it's a nice idea, but I don't see, you know. I, it's it, this is it. It just seems ridiculous and frustrating, you know. It kind of it kind of reminds me of what happened at my shul, mm-hmm. and they tried to talking about an expansion. They had this whole idea of an expansion. They've been talking about expansions since they bought that house. I know, and yes. it's just like we were so close to an expansion, and due to certain situations, it things fell through. It didn't fall. It didn't follow mm-hmm. through, and they fell through. Mm-hmm. And when that when it happened, it was very frustrating because I was trying with another friend of mine who is like a really big in, you know, trying to get this expansion done. And he's like, why don't you contact your siblings? Why don't you ask them for stuff? And I'm like, I know what they're going to tell me. And they're going to tell me is we'll believe it when we see it, <laughs> you know. And sure enough, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it the 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 building expansion I, program ran for maybe I think maybe six months before everything just collapsed on itself mm. you know and I think it's very sad and frustrating that like it's very hard to feel like you make progress because this is something that I, I even was talking to some people about just in general mm-hmm. it's hard to feel motivated and waking up every day you know you're going to fail and it's just like it's very frustrating and very annoying. And that's why in my head, I'm like, I'm kind of glad they did it, you know, because now people are talking about it and now it's getting more attention. And if they, it, I hope to God this does right. But if, if the Chabad community and the Chabad administration capitalizes on this situation well enough, they can raise funds real quick and start the expansion real soon. If they capitalize correctly. And I hope they do. I hope they do. How do you think how do you think they could I'm like how, What's, can, uh, how can they capitalize on it? Easy. Yeah. Easy. First off, you contact all the shl- uh, all the shluchim in the Chabad headquarters that are connected that are on uh, on social media. Okay? Mm-hmm. You get them all to focus on talking about the need for expanding. Okay? You then get a hold of of working on a fundraiser because they already have funds there. They need like 35 mil. The whole program, mm-hmm. was, it's, I've already seen it, like them try to make this happen. That It takes it, you do need $35 million. Mm-hmm. Start just raising that money. Every bit counts. Every dollar counts. They've had plenty of fundraisers. That's one of the things they're good at is fundraising. You know, that's what they do throughout the rest of the year anyways. Fundraise it. And because of all that, they can have more, you know, interests in a, a proper design. Because architects can design, and this is my field, you know, mm-hmm. architects can design stuff pretty quickly, pretty effectively if you get the right one and you get the right money. Mm-hmm. You go ahead, get the construction documents, push it through through permit. There's already, it's right now, it's very hot. The whole thing is very hot. You push it through the permit, get things done. Mm-hmm. And you could pump out a uh, uh, get construction done with maybe a year, year and a half. If you can go ahead and, and, and get the funds running, get the proper architect, get the construction documents done, get it through the permit uh, permitting process. I don't know how New York works. I know how Maryland works. So it's it's a little different. Mm-hmm. But because of the, the, the I guess, 
the um the press and the the passion of it all then finally there there could be something and 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 they can utilize it if they do if they do yes yeah, so i think you I, you really hit on something that god willing i hope this will lead to something very very positive like this expansion what exactly though like what in what direction did they want to expand did they want to take up did they want to go and take up the um the entire block where 770 is located did they we're, we're really thinking about expanding okay so huh, what ha, what's happened is that i if i'm again this is and listeners i'm trying to say that this is something that i understand but i can be very wrong so i'm not saying this is god sent mm-hmm. i'm not saying this is 100 percent true i'm not trying to debunk whatever this mm-hmm. is my understanding and my perspective of what's going on okay they own the they own the corner block from 770 one building next to 770 on if you're looking at it from the right and mm-hmm. 770 all the way to the left uh that that corner block uh, that 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 corner block of between Kingston and and Brooklyn. Eastern Parkway. One thing about like Brooklyn, you the, the one is, no, it's, Brooklyn, go, What are you talking about? No, I'm talking about the the street that runs alongside. Um, okay, one side 770 is uh, Kingston Avenue. Obviously, if you go down the block, you come out of 770, you go to the left, and you go down the block. The next block over is Brooklyn Avenue. Yeah. So no, no. So so not gonna as, go to Brooklyn Avenue. They can't. I don't think they can. I think they can only get to, if I'm not mistaken, they only get to maybe like seven. I I, I want to say seven fifty, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, they own they own everything. I think I think, up to like seven fifty, mm-hmm. and then to the corner block of Kingston. Mm-hmm, right, mm-hmm. and then further down Kingston, they have that whole office, that whole office thing, and m- maybe I'm trying to understand. Maybe even the um the building beyond the office by mm-hmm. Kingston and um uh, Union, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, you, there definitely is a need of. Oh, I see what you know. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I hear what you're talking about. Yeah, it would be union. Yeah, be all the way over. Right. Yeah, that would, that would make sense. But you're right about you know the ex- expansion is is very definitely definitely needed, especially the Yomim Tovim. I mean, you know, people are crowded in there like sardines, especially the women's section. It's uh, very crowded. But as far as you're talking about like sleeping, first of all, you really shouldn't be sleeping in a shul to begin with. Number one. Number two, there's def- there's definitely a need. Like they have a hotel in Crown Lights, but it's small. It's, it's very, very small. They really need to have a a, a couple, either a couple more small hotels or a, a large hotel. There's, it, there's definitely the need for a large hotel in Crown Lights. There, it, the thing is, the thing is, is that this it's very it's very old school, but people sleep in the base medrash. That's just what people did back mm. in the day, and that's what they do in 770. Because you have Bachram come from very poor families they get all their money they can scrap together they send their bucher for like a year or two in in yeshiva in 770 when they're like 19 20 mm-hmm. um and they go ahead and and they're able to you know stay as best make do with what best they can 
So they have like, you know, some junky mattress they they can throw down somewhere and they can like lean over. Like Buckram legit, like it's it's in, in all positive sense of the word. I'm trying to be make it positive, but in all positive <laughs> sense of the words, it's really push it the way they run their lives. Especially mm-hmm. in, in living in 770, especially at Sfati or a Frenchie. These guys are push it, push it. They don't care about anything else except learning Hasidus, doing what the Rebbe wants from them, and like maybe chant on a Shabbos day. You know, like they don't like they could sleep. They could sleep in the base medrash on a wooden bench with a, with a little bit of a, with a mattress, you know, uh, above it, and that's it. They're fine. <laughs> I've seen I've seen people sleeping in airports. <laughs> yeah. So on the floor. So that's so the, that's the kind of person you're dealing with here. Mm-hmm. Where these the on some level they are zealots to a point where it's just like they they don't care about anything else. They want to expand 770. This has been going on for 30 years. They feel like now's the time. It's like, and the reason why I'm talking about it in this light is because I'm not going to talk about the negative sense or the other aspect mm-hmm. of it because it just doesn't help. I think what's really going to help is is understanding why they did it, and and putting a positive understanding of why they did it. And being able to go ahead and like hopefully get something done to really get people to start thinking about expanding, you know, 770. Because there's 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 actually a movement called Expand 770. You can go to their webpage, expand770.com, and they they've been trying for many years to make 770 big. Mm-hmm. And there's an initiative that they that they they can do. You can donate as well. They they're they're trying their best to expand and like <laughs> it's just it's just frustrating because they they had this whole thing um this whole expansion idea i think let me click let, i'm clicking on this this thing right now uh 2020 they started talking about this expansion idea um and they they got some i guess architecture firm to do a uh, yeah, S. Wider Architects start working on an expansion. Mm-hmm. And it looks beautiful. It looks absolutely beautiful. It's really cool. Um, but it's going to take a while for people to start thinking about what's going on. And that's why it's just so important now to start talking about an expansion in 770, the importance of the expansion of 770. And now we should ever, I should I should think that most people should start talking about it. And and really start saying, well, we do need we do need to extend. We do it, it does get crowded what, on some one thing for sure, it has certainly brought attention to the problem. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and nothing else. Attention. But that's a good thing. It could be utilized well. It I hope. can be utilized well. I, I hope you're right. I hope you you're know. right about that. Yeah. But yeah. But so no. What? Anything else? <laughs> Anything else? I mean, we're we're almost we're almost uh, up for time, but I think it's just something that we should keep in mind: the importance of not not having so much machlekes, you know, not mm-hmm. being so concerned. And it's something we should take from ourselves. Like, if you sit on the fence in anything in life, mm-hmm. something eventually is going to push you one way or the other. Like, that's just how it's going to happen. Yeah. Stop being on the fence. You can't be on the fence. Make a decision, choose a side, and go with it. Did, 
did you ever like have any feelings like that at one point where you're like you were constantly staying on the fence and then eventually something happened you want to talk about it (laughs) (laughs) it's just um well i've always had um a hard time making decisions because um i was in unfortunately i was in an atmosphere where if you made them mistakes were not tolerated and your father was in the same environment too where mistakes were not tolerated and when you're in that type of environment you're afraid to make a decision because if you make the wrong decision whoa you are gonna pay you've got hell to pay for it yeah and it's not a good idea to of course to be that way because you you know we we all make mistakes we're all human and um when a decision has to be made a decision has to be made with the with the best information you have and the best of your knowledge and um you can't you can't be afraid it's um i was watching something um of, there was a program called the donna reed show where the son in that particular program was having a hard time making a decision it was probably about decision making and they had um uh they had this i forgot the name of the baseball player but he was playing in the los angeles dodgers who was advising him and he said to him remember a bad decision is better than no decision at all. Yeah. Of course, in the program, I kind of got the kid in trouble at the end because two girls wanted to invite him to the Sadie Hawkins dance and they were yeah. both asking him. So he chose this girl, this other this girl. And the other girl got mad and walked away because he chose this other girl. And his girlfriend says, oh, it's so wonderful because I've had such a great time at the, at the um, dance. And he says, yes, I remember what my friend, I think, got, I think it was DeRocher, you know, from uh, the Dodgers told me, he always told me a bad decision is better than no decision at all. And she looks at me, she goes, a bad decision? I didn't mean it to come out like that, but she, she gets mad at him. She says she doesn't want to go to the dance with him and she storms out the door. Yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's true. It's true. A bad decision is better than no decision at all. Yeah, I think I, I've done that a couple of times where... I ha- I didn't know what to do, and I realized that if I sit on this, I'm just wasting time, and I have right. to make a decision and then run with it. I mean, it didn't help me sometimes. Mm-hmm. I had moments where, like, I would make a decision, not impulsively, but, like, I can't think too much on this. I just have to go, and I do it, and then I get really mm-hmm. screwed. Mm-hmm. But other times, like, yeah, I, I just feel like I just need I just need to do something, and and. I don't mm-hmm. get screwed. I just start shifting my ideas or start figuring out what else needs to get done. Um, well, a lot of times we learn, you know, this is, this is life. A lot of times you, in fact, most of the time you really learn from these bad decisions more so than from a right decision. But then you, cause you, you realize, you know, you realize what not to do and you realize where your um, information was wrong and how you have to, change the way you get that information um where you draw the line of course is god forbid criminal intent yes. but if you're a decent person you have no criminal intent you're trying to do the right thing and you're you know that's all that can be expected of any human being we're not god yeah yeah i think it's just like certain some people get this vibe that they have to do everything right the first time because of how they grew up and how their parents raised them. Tell me about it. And and they <laughs> took and they took it upon themselves to make that like something that they need to do. 
Mm. And then they try to project that onto everything else and everyone else, which is mm. kind of annoying. Yeah, like like that. The thing, this decision I made with my mother's coach. Yes, it was the wrong decision, but you know something? It taught me a lot. And I didn't. Yeah. And I tried my best not to repeat not to repeat that mistake. Yeah. Yeah. It's just. I, 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 I'm trying this new thing. Well, it's not new. It's an old thing that I used to do and I haven't done in a while is just trying to stay positive mm -hmm. and just start creating positive scenarios and making up positive scenarios. Sure. You know, will this all work out? Well, eventually it will. It's fine. We're all going to work it out. And, and it's just, it's kind of why I get to this feeling of, you know, it's, it's best to think positive, even if you feel like the negative is very true. Mm -hmm. And because mm -hmm. you can go down a rabbit hole, like in like in my head, I go down rabbit holes of like, oh, you know, let's see how bad this goes. Let's <laughs> what's the worst thing that could happen? Well, they could say this, I could say that, they could that, that, I could do this, and they could do that, and blah blah blah. blah. And, it, and I'm realizing, like, eventually, I get to a point where I'm like man, there's like no positive way out of this. I'm like, let me just go ahead and just stop and just just rewind and let's just reevaluate what's going on. And I think that's kind of what's happening where I'm just I'm just understanding, like, I'm always going to find something negative. There's always going to be a problem. Let's just start thinking, like, maybe this all works out. You know, maybe, maybe that might be, maybe that crazy idea might work. You know, it's like when you read about these scientists, that found these amazing discoveries. They didn't find it on the first try. A lot of them went through a lot of trial and error and a lot of failures. And they kept readjusting and readjusting and reevaluating and reevaluating until they finally hit on the correct formula or the correct invention. Let's say um, Edison, they said, how many different um, designs of the light bulb did he go through? What was it, a hundred more? Before he finally found that one design that worked. Yeah, but technically it really wasn't him. It was a bunch of lackeys that he hired and a lot of Jews that he took away their uh, inventions and reinstated that he was going to be in charge of it. So well, I was re I was reading about that, but there was one thing that, this, that these historians that wrote this article agreed on. Mm -hmm. They said, as far as the light bulb goes, that was Edison. The other inventions, like the phonograph and the other things, yeah, unfortunately, those were other scientists that were working in his laboratory. But that's but the light bulb they said was definitely his. Yeah, but again, that's just also what a lot of inventors do. Like um, Steve Jobs, he was the one that created Apple, but in the end of the day, a lot of other people just really did a bunch of stuff, and he just stuck his name on it. You know. <laughs> but yeah. Now you're getting negative. Let's be positive. <laughs> Everything is going to work itself out. Have a wonderful Shabbos. I love you. Um, you I guess too. we can talk later on. Okay. Love you, honey. Have I a great you. Shabbos. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Jewish Boy Calls His Mother. Please send us feedback and comments on our Facebook page and like and subscribe on YouTube. I know I would like it, and my mother would too.